Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Today in history in 1951, China formally annexed Tibet as an autonomous region, giving rise to a Tibetan independence movement led by the Dalai Lama. Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I'm Zachary, and as I always say, ask not what your country can do for you, ask if your country should nuke the moon. My name's Megan, and I will be your female general that is launching those nukes at the moon. And I'm Matt. I was too busy to learn new things today, but I somehow managed to. And it's this. An ostrich's eye is bigger than its brain. Oh, that explains a lot. It really does. They're just lean, mean killing machines. Ostriches are nasty fuckers. With no brains. Nope. Big dinosaurs. I mean, did you hear about Ginger and Boots? Oh my god, I hear they fucked an ostrich. Allegedly. All right. <laughs> That's for the few There's people a, uh, we know. <laughs> oh, God. Somebody made a fucking amazing reference. Oh, no. Someone made a Ted Lasso reference today. I have which not was... seen any Ted Lasso. So there's this kid that shows up in, like, the first season, and okay. uh, he asks to take an Ussy, which is, like, it's a selfie, but he's taking a picture of himself and another person. So it's not, he's like, it's not myself, it's us. So it's an ussy. And the guy's like, I can't really fault your logic. And so somebody today, while we were taking a picture of all of our group from the regional conference, yeah, we're like, let's take an ussy. And I was like, solid Ted, Ra- Ted Lasso reference. Anyways, I've just... <laughs> distracted enough and we should continue on with this podcast that we're recording for our noble listeners yes yeah um yes we've set our strikes to zero and we have played a fictitious game of rock paper scissors that determined our order to be megan followed by me followed by zach so megan here i go again on my own (laughs) Going down um, the only so, road you've ever known? Well, I, I've known a few other Yo, roads, but... you got to stop when I'm going to start dancing me. on the hood of cars. Anyway. So, <clears throat> the title of my story is Who Run the World? The Chinese, but for a brief period of time, these sisters gave them a run for their money. So, it's it's a bit of a longer title. <laughs> that was that a, was a long, pretty long yeah. title. Yeah, for a shorter story. Oh, wow. Uh Yes. Just for the juxtaposition. So I don't think we talk about... Yeah, just a juxtaposition. So I don't think we talk about Vietnam enough. Okay. It's wild In that general. my story also involves Vietnam. Oh, God, guys. Oh, thank God. No, I'm I'm just kidding. It does not. <laughs> I was like, guys. Oh, well. No. 
Well, no, yes, we should talk about Vietnam more. I don't know why, but I think we should. Okay. All right, fair enough. We, we um, should talk about Vietnam so, more, but also it's this fine line in my brain because the horrors of the Vietnam War are just a little still, like, too... You're a horror. So it's it's at the point where we're making jokes in order to get over the trauma. So. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest with you. Yeah. The Wonder Chosen way back in the day made a joke that you're never too old to have a Vietnam flashback, and I'm getting those vibes from you right now. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. I, I, I just I'm feel gonna shut like... Up and listen. listen, I'm not talking about the Vietnam War, okay? okay. Like, Are I'm, you not? I'm over it. I'm over the Vietnam War. Yeah, I'm quitting. We fucked up there. Let's ta- stop talking about it. Yeah, we're not... We might. We went there, and maybe we lost. It's unclear we, what what the outcome was because they ended up as communists. Okay, so here's a story. Uh, so I once asked one of my professors in college, like, what the outcome of the Vietnam War was, and he honestly could not tell me, nope. even though he tried to give me like this long, drawn out explanation. He was just like, "Well, like, uh, it was like a domino effect." I'm like, "Oh, so you're saying we didn't win?" Is that you're saying that we spent a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of PTSD veterans that people are just like, we got to help these veterans and we didn't win. Good. Moving on. All, that's all you had to say to me. Um, we didn't even stop communism. It's communist. It's like one of the five truly communist countries today. <laughs> anyway. I digress. That's relatively contemporary Vietnamese history. Okay. And I want to take you to the way back Vietnam. Ah, yes. So, like, this is a little after Christ Vietnam. Um, we love Christ times. So, yeah, so we're in Christ times, Welcome but we're to slightly... Christ time Vietnam. <laughs> Christ time Vietnam. They hadn't heard of Jesus yet. Uh, he was a new thing. He was new on the horizon. This newfangled so, thing called Christianity. <laughs> this newfangled thing called Christ... Uh, so our story starts in northern Vietnam, which at this time was a vassal state of the Chinese Han dynasty called Zhao Zhi. Uh, two sisters were born named Trung Trak and Trung Ni. Both sisters were from a wealthy aristocratic family and were highly educated by their father, excelling in both literature and martial arts, because if you can read, you can fight, baby. Fuck yeah. Uh, Fuck yeah. Can you imagine your dad being like, now that you know the way of the books, learn the way of the sword. Obviously, I can imagine Zach's dad doing that, yes. Actually, yeah. I could, I, yeah, I, I could see My dad, dad, not so much. <laughs> My dad would more be like, um, in like, uh, what's that fucking movie? Fury Road. Mad Max. Yeah, Mad that's Max, it. Fury Road. Yeah, he'd, he'd be me. like, by the power... Yeah, he'd be like, witness me by the power of V8, and then he'd do, like, the hand sign. By the power um, of V8? Oh, because of, yeah, the... I don't the, know. That's what they... Okay, so, no, I do know exactly what my brain just did, and it associated V8 with the fucking fruit tomato with juice. juice. That's what my yeah. brain did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Except V8 no. is very clearly the... the uh, engine? Engine. The engine. Yeah, they make the they make the hand sign that forms the eight V8. V's. Yeah. Yep. All right. So back to martial arts. Yeah. Please. So these sisters were both literary and martial, so that they could one day inherit the family title and lands. 
So the older sister, Trung Trak's husband, was also a lord of the relative area. And when the Chinese governor of the province tried to control her husband through legal proceedings, aka beheading him without trial, um, Trung Trak was not thrilled about this. She was like, oh, okay. Um, I, I see how the sausage is made. And, and I'm not thrilled about it. So presumably after her husband was brutally murdered, uh, she looked at her sister and said, babe, girl bus, boss, my sister in Christ. Girl or bus. not Christ. Girl bus, it's girl like boss. It's like cat bus, but worse somehow. Yeah, it's like you get inside of a very large woman bus-sized girl and she takes you to magical places and this is a controversial take and i understand if you're my fans or our fans and you feel angry at me but i was viscerally uncomfortable the first Uh, time that i saw the cat bus on a screen i mean i I can understand that i saw it and i was like children should not be inside a feline that has I bet it's super windows. plush. Yeah, but like imagine those seats though. Hey, but like please continue with your story. <laughs> yeah. So she was like, My sister in not Christ, what if we rebelled? And her sister nodded, and they mobilized all of the lords in the province, launching a rebellion against the Chinese in forty AD. Now the rebellion wasn't purely out of revenge for killing her husband. The Vietnamese in general did not want to be a Chinese vassal state. I mean, who really does? It's kind of like being a U.S. territory where you don't get to vote, but you are subject to all the laws. Uh, they All the risk, had none been... of the reward. It's all of the risk and none of the reward. You just kind of sit there and you're like, hey, we have a problem. And then like your overlords are kind of like, Too fucking bad. I would almost be willing to say that it's none of the risk as well. None of the risk, but also none of the reward. No, because if... What you're doing is just existing. Yeah, but, like, you're... If the the, uh, government that you pay vassalization to goes under, you're fucked because they own all of your infrastructure. Yeah, like, all of your economics are tied to them. Yeah. Like, you think Puerto Rico's having a fucking blast considering the U.S. can't fucking figure out the debt ceiling again? Probably yeah, not. Know what they're getting. I don't think Puerto Rico's having a blast with anything having to do with the U.S. Exactly. Nah, dude, they just got blasted by Hurricane Maria. They got hit by another uh, hurricane? Yup. Those no, that was a few years. Those were that was a few years ago. Uh, but they're still recovering. Still recovering because we haven't done anything to fix the problem. We didn't help them. I think Trump went and he threw out like 10 rolls of paper towels and he's like, that'll do. I'm fairly <laughs> certain that Trump went, shook a few babies. Shook a few babies. Said, I've solved the problem. He was a worse hurricane. He was worse than the hurricane. Hey guys, if yes. you still have one of those ancient bingo cards that we gave you, we... <laughs> the old texts? We are, uh, at present, making fun of the American political system. Yeah, you can cross that off today. Also, if the audience is wondering why I sound so low energy, it's to try and save Zach some trouble. 
because my audio is fucking up somehow. We somehow. haven't figured out how, but it's definitely louder, and I'm trying not to fuck with Zach too much. Appreciates it. Because he's a good boy. I'm the goodest of boys. Megan, you're talking about rebellion, my favorite thing. Yeah, tell yeah. us more about so, this rebellion, Zach's favorite thing. The Vietnamese, like I said, didn't want to be a Chinese vassal state. They had been a vassal state for about 200 years up until this point, And they were like, this is not working for us. This is not giving. Um, so Trung Trak and Trung Ni started in the Red River Delta, gaining more followers, overturning Chinese settlements, and eventually causing the Chinese governor, who had beheaded her husband, to flee. So... What, what was that guy in Texas? Oh, Ted Cruz? Uh, that Ted Cruz. Yeah, hey. he was like the Ted Cruz of Chinese governors. My, uh, oh, my younger brother calls him, like, a, such a fucking funny name. Uh, uh, what is it? Oh, Ted Cruz, the cunt. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This boy Ted so Cruz? So presumably in Vietnamese, yeah, they were calling him Ted the Cruz. same thing. His boy, Ted Cruz. Yeah, so they were calling this Chinese governor pretty much the same thing because he fleed to whatever the equivalent of Cancun was in, <laughs> in China. Uh, so with the support of an army and a province behind her, Trung Trak was declared queen regent and her sister was signing on as co-queen because when you win an uprising, you can do whatever you want. Um, however, everything changed when the Han Emperor attacked, or at least he sent his big boy general in with 20,000 troops. Oh, jeez. Now, obviously, the sisters did not have the kind of support they needed to defeat a 20,000, you know, troop-strong army, but they did hold on for a year. However, they were eventually overrun, captured, and decapitated with their heads sent back to the Han court to prove that they were dead. Unsurprisingly, there are, a f there are only a few sources on the Trung sisters. Chinese sources only mention them briefly. Like, why, why say anything about blip in the imperial machine when you can say almost nothing at all? Yeah. Um, but their accounts differ. For, like, what little is said about them in the Chinese accounts... Um, those accounts differ from what is said about them in the Vietnamese accounts. For one, the Chinese accounts don't mention that the Vietnamese were oppressed by the Chinese officials or that Trung Trak's husband was executed. No, why would they? They don't say anything. No, like, why would they? Why, why paint yourself as a villain? Why admit your faults? <laughs> why, ad why admit your faults when you ultimately were the victors of history? Yeah. If history is written by the victors, why would they make themselves the bad guys? If history is written by the victors, we need to start speaking Russian. That it's a victor. Oh. It's a joke about victor people named Victor. No, Sorry, no, stop. it was a stretch. If what if, I'll take a strike if, for that. I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah, you can take a strike for that one. All right, strike one. So, <laughs> uh, stri strike one. Um, oh, where was I? Sorry. Uh, they also don't say anything about the Chinese executing the sisters and instead say that they committed joint suicide and their retainers, literally most of the province, followed suit, which is very convenient. 
the Vietnamese chronicles, however, are glowing. They describe the Chinese officials as greedy and warmongers and the Trung sisters as queens in their own rights who raise troops. They are strong. They are courageous, true boss babes. I mean, minus the part where they say that they were like women and therefore the reason the rebellion couldn't reasonably like accomplish rebuilding the nation. Um I, I guess that was their fault. Classic patriarchy. <laughs> Classic patriarchy. Yeah, they were, they were like, the vagine couldn't handle nation building. So, <sighs> you know, rip. Uh, <laughs> there are some lines, though, that even, like, queens can't cross. But when they were defeated, the Vietnamese people mourned and... and built a temple dedicated to them. Uh, even to this day, they are still highly revered considering that they led the first resistant movement against an occupying force, which is pretty like ingrained into the Vietnamese like nation today. Um, it's even seen when like the US went to war with Vietnam, like Vietnam holds very strong to like, we are going to be an independent nation. And that goes back to the Trung sisters. So not only are so many temples named after them, but these women have a yearly holiday to commemorate them. Hell yeah. They have districts, streets, and schools named in their honor. And not only that, but they're mentioned in children's books, which as someone who grew up with like great men of history narrative in this country, like is very cool that in Vietnam, they have like a great women of history tradition. Yeah. Like, they rode war elephants, and they had swords, and all George Washington had was looking like a sad sack as he rides a canoe on the Potomac. <laughs> but I love anyway, that. I thought that was a really cool story. Um, we don't we don't talk a lot about I mean, I think we talk a lot about like China and Japan, but yeah. we we haven't really ventured into Vietnam so far. No, I'm, I mean, I feel like that's your territory, so I am excited to hear more about it from you. <laughs> yeah, I have a few more stories about, about like, Vietnam. great Vietnamese. Yeah, I do, actually. I have, like, another story about another Vietnamese, like, female general, which I might tell next week, so. Nice. All right. Yeah. I love that All journey right. for us. Yeah, dude. Um, you, well, I guess, like, you had the great women of history. I do, but, like, I'm also not upset that you are telling stories about weird women of history. Yeah. That's true. It's great. You're doing great stuff. Guys, tap that it. on to my miniseries. Megan just took a page out of the miniseries of weird women of history. Wonderfully weird women of history. And we can't fault her for it because they were wonderfully weird. Um, I'm going to switch gears now, and I'm going to be telling you the story of something that is known by many names, and the names uh, the names are as follows. Um, the Hatchet Incident the are... is one. The, oh, okay. The Poplar Tree Incident. Um, or as it was named as I looked it up on uh, the researching websites that I used. The Korean axe murder incident. Oh, uh, casual. Yeah. 
I thought um, you were talking about the Paul Bunyan thing. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, I'm I'll sorry. Get I'm getting there. ahead of myself. I apparently. I will get there. Okay. Um, so anyone who's been alive for a bit, or at least as long as we have, knows that North Korea and South Korea are not friends. Much in the same way that North and South Dakota are not friends. Um, okay. Listen. Listen, man, are, I had to make they, a comparison somewhere. Look, I, I, I can't, I don't know enough to refute that, but I think I'm I, I'm I feel skeptical. like you could have used, like, you could have used anything like, I could have used East you know, and West Mrs. Virginia. No, you could have, wait, no, they're not enemies either. <laughs> uh, you, you could have used, like, Mississippi and Tennessee with their football teams, or Florida and every other state. <laughs> Florida <laughs> and immigrants. Florida and, Florida and general immigrants. health practices. Texas oh, and being part of another of union. That scene from The Simpsons where it's fucking Willie talking about like brothers and sisters fight like oil and water, or like the Scottish and the Irish, or the Scottish and the English. Uh, I'll have to look up the actual quote later. No, it's, anyways, it's, it's the Scottish versus everyone. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, however, the difference between, uh, North and South Dakota hating each other is the fact that, uh, there is a safe space in between North and South Korea, which is called the Demilitarized Zone. For the remainder of this story, I will be calling it the DMZ. Uh, and Bro, in the I tried DMZ... I to go to the DMZ once. Huh? I tried to go there. I was gonna... And they... I tried to go to the DMZ once. Yeah, I know. You've, you've told this story, oh. which is why I was going to be like, bruh, I mean, I don't really know if the DMZ is considered safe, but go off, girl. Yeah, go off, sis. Listen, I just don't think it was really nice that he decided to let off a hydrogen bomb the day I wanted to go. That's fair. God I think it. I was really rude of him. He could have waited a day. Kim yeah. Jong-un. Uh, so in the DMZ, there is a space called the Joint Security Area, which for the remainder of my story, I will be referring to as the JSA. Um, and this is the space where conferences between North and South Korea are typically held. And it is meant to be a space of nonviolence, as it does nestle softly in the bosom of the DMZ. For those of you that don't understand what demilitarized means, it means no bang sticks. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, where am I in my notes? I don't know. So in the JSA, a tree <laughs> had grown uh, that blocked the ability to see um, for the South Korean side. Uh, between a military checkpoint and their observation post. And so a group was sent out to prune this tree. And the reason that it's called the poplar tree incident is because the tree in question was a poplar tree. Keep up, kids. Um, but okay. the, uh, the people that went out to prune this poplar tree got held at gunpoint uh, by North Korean troops until Captain Arthur Boniface... Uh, stepped in and de-escalated the situation. Uh, but the story wouldn't be what the fuck worthy if it ended there. And so, uh, on August 18th in the year of our Lord, 1976, a group of five South Korean soldiers 
uh, were escorted by a group of United Nations Command officers, including Captain Benefis, as well as First Lieutenant Mark Barrett and South Korea's Captain Kim, and 11 other soldiers. And they approached the section of the JSA where um, this poplar tree existed, and their goal was to trim the tree. Seems, you know, simple enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Upon making it to the tree, the North Korean forces led by a name, uh, led by a man named Pak Chol, approached. Um, they referred to this guy as, I think, if I remember my research correctly, he was Lieutenant Bulldog. Uh, because he was an asshole. Okay. Um, but so they, they get approached by this man, and he uh, he says that the pruning of the tree has to cease. He's just like, hey, don't do that. And Captain Benefis ignores him entirely. I also don't know if I'm pronouncing that guy's name right, but he's dead, so he won't be upset with me. Oh, sorry, I spoiled my story just a little. Um... So, Pak Chul then sends a runner back to the North Korean side, and within minutes, a truck full of 20 soldiers arrives, carrying crowbars and clubs. Okay. And um, Pak Chul again says, stop trying to cut down this tree. And Captain Benefis again sort of gives him the cold shoulder and turns his back on him. And Pak Chul then orders his men to kill all of the men who are trying to cut down this tree. So, in the scuffle, Captain Arthur Benefis is killed um, by being bludgeoned to death by uh, these North Korean men. And then the other gentleman that I mentioned, a man named Mark Barrett, ran away from the fighting, uh, but he happened to find himself in a ditch... And what ended up oh, happening with okay. Mark Barrett, uh, unfortunately, is most of the uh, South Korean side decided to retreat, and they didn't realize that Barrett was missing until oh, no. they sort of did like a circle up when they got back. Um, the, but, the Woody's roundup? <laughs> but, yeah, kind of. But what ended up happening is they were um, observing some North Korean troops who were taking an axe down into a ditch and then coming back up. Um, and what it turns out was happening is uh, they were hacking away at Lieutenant First Lieutenant Mark Barrett. Jeez. Um, and so the uh, South Korean side did launch a rescue party for him, uh, but unfortunately um, he did not survive his wounds as he was transported to a hospital. So, two casualties from this, and uh, then Kim Jong-il sends a message saying that the Americans had started the conflict, um, that he they had provoked uh, his soldiers into, um, into doing this, and that he felt no remorse. Uh, and then, Zach... Yeah, yeah. Operation Paul Bunyan okay. was launched. Here it is. Um, 
multiple options were considered for retaliation, and most of them were considered unsavory because uh, they were too dangerous. Um, okay. And so this is what happened instead. Um, on August 21st at 7 a.m., Two eight-man teams of engineers in a 23-car convoy with chainsaws tasked with the removal of the tree were sent out. They were guarded by two 30-men security platoons, so that's 60 men total. Okay. A team from B Company had activated the detonation systems for the charges on Freedom Bridge. Oh, my God. And they had also activated the 165mm main gun of the M728 combat engineer, engineer vehicle and aimed it uh, to, main, to, ma to make sure that the bridge would fall if the bridge was ordered to be destroyed. Oh, jeez. E Company uh, built rafts on the Imjin River if the situation that they were basically starting... Uh, required that they evacuated via river. A 64-man team of South Korean commandos trained in Taekwondo and armed with clubs also uh, dealing with this whole situation uh, parked their trucks near the Bridge of No Return. Um, I have a whole map of like this situation and all of these labeled things. Uh, but they started throwing out the sandbags that were on the bottom of the truck and handing out M16 rifles and M79 grenade launchers oh, that had oh. been concealed below the uh, the truck bed. Fuck um, yeah. And many of the commandos also had M18 Claymore mines strapped to their chests. Holy shit. Okay, all right. This is a fucking ordeal. <laughs> A U.S. infantry company in 20 utility helicopters and seven, seven Cobra attack helicopters circled behind uh, this convoy of cars. Um, behind these helicopters were B-52s um, that were coming from Guam. And uh, F-4 Phantom 2s from Kunsan Air Base oh, and... Yeah. Uh, South Korean F-5 and F-86 fighters were visible flying across the sky at high altitude. Um, at Tegu Air Base, an F-111 bomber was uh, ready as well. <laughs> there were uh, F-4C and D Phantoms uh, prepared. Uh, the aircraft carrier, the USS Midway... Um, had been moved to a station that was just offshore of North and South Korea. <laughs> At the edges of the DMZ, um, heavily armed U.S. and South Korean infantry and artillery, including the 2nd Battalion, the 71st Air Defense Regiment, uh, all armed with Hawk missiles and armor were waiting to back up the Special Operations Team. Bases near the DMZ were prepared for demolition in case of military response. 12,000 additional troops uh, were ordered to Korea, including 1,800 Marines, and nuclear-capable bombers were circled overhead. Oh, my God. 
Oh, is that all? And when this mission was reported to the North Korean side, the Americans, the American troops simply said that they were intending to, quote, finish the work that was, or peacefully finish the work that was left unfinished, end quote. And they did it in 42 minutes. <laughs> so... Operation Paul Bunyan was the Americans activating the entire fucking. Oh my! Guys, we need a tree cut down. A... The Americans. Do you need an it's... army for that? It's so fucking. Yeah. Do you like? Do you? What if we put? What if? Do you need a nuke? Guys, do you it's need an a nuke unnecessary for this? And everyone was like, "No." Here's so... here's the thing. That is the epitome of. Walk soft and carry a big stick. Yeah. Yeah, but the stick was too big. The stick was way too no, big. No, 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 don't get me we wrong. We couldn't even it's, haul the stick. The, the American troops heard walk soft and carry a big stick, and what they did was walk soft and carry the sword from Berserk that Guts uses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just... So officially, the soldier, the soldier total um, on the American South Korean side was only eight hundred and sixteen, uh... um, and it like it's important to note that the North Koreans didn't just let this stand. Um, they did send out buses of soldiers who had M sixteen rifles, um, but the. Uh, the North Korean side only supplied around 200 soldiers. So it was mostly them setting up with M-16s and then watching uh, the American South Korean contingent just cut down this tree that had caused so much problem. Uh, but I just thought it was wild that they activated the entire Pacific Theater just to cut down this poplar yeah tree. yo bro i don't know how i feel yeah, about the well, american government activating an entire army to play chicken on the dmz over a fucking tree yeah it needed to be cut down zach that tree killed george washington <laughs> damn it it's gotta I, come like, down so i think what what happened and again this is sort of backed up by my research but the americans were pissed that two americans were killed in yeah. the cutting down of this tree, which was in a section of, like, there was no reason for the North Korean yeah. side, like, no reason is really given for them to have been so hostile, and then for them to blame uh, the American forces for inciting the violence when it was very clearly them. Yeah. Um, I think the U.S., as uh, they always do, wanted to do a big showy show of force tell, yeah 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 you're gonna tell me that we overreacted with our military i don't see is no. that what you're gonna tell me right now i don't now? think anything that i megan i'm not gonna reread the list but if you could just tell me where in this i implied that we overreacted <laughs> Oh, you're you're right. You would never say something like that because all of our reactions are completely and utterly necessary. <laughs> Was it the nuclear capable bomber? I mean, who can really say? I'm not going to put my finger on any one thing. I don't want to point fingers. I don't want to press thing yeah. fingers. So, 
You know, Look, if, it if it's not for me to decide. Matt, Matt, if it we couldn't make have fun been of the this... twenty utility helicopters and the seven Cobra attack helicopters. No, Matt, no, yeah. I don't think it was that at we all. We have to, we have to be careful here because if we keep making jokes at the expense of the Americans, they might get mad at us and send twelve thousand troops and a nuclear capable bomber and the U.S. and a USS and boat off the coast of New England. Bomber. They could also just like uh, what's the wildest thing to me is that they were just ready to blow up a bridge. <laughs> yeah, like and the if, bridge of freedom. They were just gonna blow it. And to if blowing it didn't work, there's also a giant machine gun that can just tear the wood into that shreds. That we could just tear through concrete with. But oh. um, I do the as I mentioned, the tree was successfully cut down. Uh, it it was felled in. Oh, good. It was felled in forty two minutes, and after wow. this wonderful, uh, perfectly reasonable um, show of force that was done, uh, Perfect. yep, perfectly the reasonable. Fucking, the North Koreans admitted that they had done the bad thing. Oh, okay. They were like, "Yeah, it was our fault. Sorry, guys." Uh, Whoops. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, well, you know, that's probably the first time that North Korea has ever admitted that they've done something wrong. And the last. I, yeah, I would I would wager it's the last. Oh, absolutely. Oops, my finger slipped. <laughs> Fuck. My finger But that was, yeah, slipped. so don't worry, Zach. I did talk about Operation Paul Bunyan, and I think that that's the best fucking name for this operation. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because... It's that was a giant response to a very tiny problem. Yeah, I'm just surprised they didn't just do a drone strike on the tree and call it a day. They did not have drones in 1976. Fine, then I I don't see why they didn't just do a bombing run on the fucking but tree. But they and did call it have seven Cobra attack Back helicopters. helicopters. Oh. Can yeah. you imagine, though, only, like, the concept of, so seven, they though. had nuclear-ready bombers. Yeah. yeah. Like, you yeah. drop a nuke just because someone wouldn't let you cut a tree down? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I mean, it, for, it starts with a tree, and then it starts with invading the American homeland. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, it's a it's a short it's a short but yet wide 
Okay. Jump. Look, I, I, I know we probably should, like, actually get on with the rest of this fucking podcast. However, should have we? you seen what a BH, a Bell H, AH1 Cobra looks like? Because now you have. Well, thank I'm God you sent it, right it right because now. I and don't I do know what sexually that looks like. identify as an attack helicopter. It's it's fucking oh ridiculous. Are those what are those bullets? Is that a gun? Yeah, is that a gun? That's attached? a big gun on oh there. Is that a gun? I'm trying to find like is the specs a, on it. Is that a helicopter with a gun? Yeah, rapid development intern a gunship in response. Gun. Um, a gun copter. Yeah. I think most copters are gun copters. Uh, I'd Cobra's like to believe that they're yeah. not. So the only, the, the, the only thing that replaced this is the fucking Apache helicopter, which, you know what? Okay. The Apache helicopter is a good one. Yeah. I was just listening <laughs> one, one of, to a podcast where better. a guy was talking about how in Texas... You can sign up to go hunt boar in a helicopter. That's fucking ridiculous. Where that? you just get to, like, okay. mount a machine gun to the side of a helicopter and just shoot at boar. What is there going to be just, left it for seems, me? Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like there's... You're cheating. Okay. Are you, are you ready for this? <laughs> What's up? An AH-1 Cobra was armed with a 70-millimeter fo- uh, folding fin aerial rocket system, an M-158 7-tube or M-219 tube rocket launcher, and a chin-mounted M-28 oh. armament subsystem turret. Yeah, so again, Megan, I just really Jeez. need you to explain to me... What yeah, part of that sounds like an overreaction? I, uh, you know, you've explained it enough, and I think none of it. None of it. You're, you're absolutely right. Thank you so much. We can move All on to it, Zach's story. Yeah, now. we're gonna move on now. Okay. All of it seems really reasonable, Zach. I'd like to. I'd love to hear about your story. Okay. So last week I discussed some creepy cultists and the space age insanity that came with them. Is that what we did last? Is that what? That's what you talked about last time. Yeah, bro, I had a full fever dream. I don't remember that happening. Yeah, remember I talked about the guy who invented NASA. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, but that was two weeks ago because we did uh, tonight the news last uh, week. Tonight the news last week. Yeah, I forgot all about that story, and now that you've told me, it's like that scene where I've unlocked a core memory. Yeah, um, but like Except all the other core <laughs> memories coming back. Uh, it's, it's just a whole... <laughs> it's too many core memories coming back here, all guys. at once. Yeah. Well... Jack, it, tell me more. It, uh... Talking about it last week caused me to fall down a rabbit hole like Alice on so many fucking drugs, and uh, I investigated a bunch of more weird old space shit. So... This is the result of that crazy insanity. Zach, I just want you to know that if you give me existential dread, existential dread this close to bedtime, yeah. I will never forgive you. Look, and I will... I won't I'll give you... I'll take two more strikes and go straight to Betty Bye. I won't give you existential dread. However, I did get a call from existential Greg, and he was wondering how you are. I'm fine, Existential Greg. Greg. Thank you for asking. Oh Greg my just wants God. me to ask you, how does that make you feel? 
know what's crazy is Greg has my number. Yeah, and he's I know. You to talk to me. Yeah, it's he's he's weird, but yeah. you know. Anyway, tonight I will be talking about Project A one one nine coming from the good old U.S. of A. One one nine. Cool. A one one nine. Yes. To give a little bit of backstory, the year is nineteen fifty seven, and the United States begins losing the space race to the USSR as it launches Sputnik 1 on October 4th. The American government tries to follow up with Project Vanguard, the attempt to not once but twice launch a satellite from the United States. Guess what? Both times fail. Project Vanguard is an absolute loss. Oh, well, now, maybe we like should have sent more send nukes helicopter to deal with. Yeah, well, it's the yeah. Cold War, so we can't send an attack helicopter to Russia yet. Ah, fuck. Also, the a- uh, AH-1 Cobra, I don't believe, has been made yet. Ah, damn it. We don't see those until the Vietnam War. We'll just have to get a... Oh, those, a those are the ones that play Fortunate Son, Matt. yeah. <laughs> We tied it it's always nice to, job, yeah. Us. It's always <laughs> nice to to go back to Vietnam. Uh, it all leads back to Vietnam. That. You're never too oh, young. Oh, sorry. I had my hand over the microphone. Did we lose um, Megan? I think we did. We did. We lost Megan. Megan, goodbye. Okay, uh, while Megan has disappeared, I'm going to run to the restroom real quick. All right, as long as we're all still recording, we're good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely recording. Um, I'll be right back. Hi. Hey, Megan. Hi. You're back. My, yeah, my internet is being weird, and I don't know why. I couldn't tell you either, but... Yeah, well, you know, it's the classic classic thursday issue on a tuesday classic thursday on a tuesday i also like i don't know what it is but like when you use your phone as opposed to your headphones or whatever it may it your voice always goes in and out yeah i don't i don't know what's going on with my internet it has been not good for the past like two months oh jeez in general uh it doesn't matter what day i'm getting on it's like it, as soon as night hits like it just doesn't it doesn't stay connected that's really fucking weird yeah i mean the only thing that i can think is like between the hours of like six to eleven okay is when people come home and like they start i'm guessing what comcast does is it starts throttling like the the speed but why would it do that i don't know dude like why do internet companies even have that option like why why would it be like, oh, during peak times, we're going to slow everyone down? Like, why wouldn't they, you know, engage the little boosters that I know that they have and be like, okay, well, everyone's going to be getting on between 6 and 11 p.m. Like, let's make the internet good. 
Like, why is making it bad even an option? Operation uh, Good Internet, go. Yeah, like I'm gonna I'm gonna storm Comcast's headquarters with attack attack helicopters, <laughs> the gun copters. Attack helicopters. Attack helicopters, jeez. Alright. All Zach, right. get back into your story, you silly goose. Get I'm back, getting back Get into back it. on the saddle. So the United States, as they are losing the space race to Russia, turned to the greatest asset that the United States has ever had. Well, maybe not the greatest asset, but their most well-funded asset. The United Ronald States... Ronald Reagan. No, the United States military. Oh. Uh, it's the 1950s. Reagan's not around. Reagan hasn't fucked everything up yet. Look, man, um... He's getting there. Yeah. Don't get into my face with facts. <laughs> this is a history podcast. We talk about the facts. So, I, I need you we to know. We talk about the past. I'm having a mental breakdown, Matt. You told me not to give you an existential crisis, and you're out here giving me an existential crisis. So, I was having a conversation with um, one of the girls that lives in my building. And she was talking about, like, how bills are made. Now, I didn't remember the fucking Schoolhouse Rock. I'm just a bill. I'm just a bill. So she's talking about, like, how laws are made and all this other shit. And um, I was just like, I was like, yeah. And then it goes to the Senate. And she's like, that's this other thing. That she had already mentioned, and I was like, bro, I don't know how laws are made in the United States. She's like, you do a fucking history podcast, and you don't know how laws are made? And I was like, I do a history podcast about dumb shit. <laughs> and I'm one of the dumb shits. Maybe we should explain it. I... I don't think I don't think that we can explain how a bill is made any better than Schoolhouse Rock. No, we can't. I don't think we can improve on it. Schoolhouse Rock did it right the first time. I'm not going to try to fix what ain't broken. But the yeah, point was that to... I didn't know how American bill making worked, and I was like, I Listen. don't have to know that when I'm talking about Procopius. you know a military response to cutting down a fucking tree. Yeah. But we digress. Uh, the United we States sure did, and I apologize for it. Calls upon its most fun, excuse me, most funded asset, which is the United States military, specifically the Air Force. And the Air Force is like, look, guys, we're losing the space race. We need to boost the morale of the American people, and also put those goddamn commies in their place. What are we going to do? It's always about, about it? the communists. It's always about the commies. So the Air Force gets in contact with Armor Research Foundation, a group based uh, at the Illinois Institute of Technology, who has been studying something very particular since 1949. What's that particular thing, you might ask? Why, little Timmy? Don't uh, you know it was nukes? all about the effects of the nuclear explosion on the environment? I knew it! And you know what the Air Force asked ARF little Timmy? Well, wouldn't you know, they went up those big to those big smart scientists in their big fancy lab coats and said, What 
would be the consequences of letting an H-bomb off on the moon? Uh, no consequences that we can see here. <laughs> so, the scientists replied to the big scary men in their big scary uniforms and go, I don't know, dude, but let's fucking find out. This, <laughs> this is the part where we fuck around. And find out. <laughs> this is the part where we fuck around in the 50s and 60s, and no one finds out until later, and then the government refuses to do anything about it, because that would mean admitting fault. Anyway. Yes. So, in May of 1958, the ARF started their research. This research is led by Leonard Rayle. Re Sorry, weird name. You're going to have to give me a second. Leonard Riffle. What? Riffle. Like rifle? Ruffles, chips. But riffle. Like, nice. it's, but it's rifle, ruffles. but with like a homely southern gentleman saying it. Riffle. <laughs> you go down there, pick up my riffle. You go down bring there back. and pick up my riffle. Oh, but it's not spelt rifle. No. I thought you were just... No, it's, it's Leonard know. Riffle. Riffle. Um, who later on becomes the former, a, or becomes an executive at NASA, so this guy has some fucking brains in between his ears. Um, also on the project was a young Carl Sagan. Oh, young yes. Carl Sagan! So, young Carl Sagan and a lot of other smart people are like, what are we going to do? Yeah, Carl Sagan specifically was uh, on the team that was trying to predict the effects of nuclear explosion with little to no gravity. Um, uh -huh, uh -huh. And so the guys at ARF are like, okay, this seems super sketchy, but we have government funding and the Air Force is breathing down our necks and we as red-blooded red Americans want to see a big explosion. So what are we doing here? Because what are the ethics and scientific repercussions of us discussing and exploding a bomb on the moon? Um, either but way, what any are of the whole... the ethical repercussions? Yeah, what are the ethics? I don't of think no there one... are. I don't think no ethics are moon. involved when it comes to the moon. So Unless you're worried moon. about hurting the moon's feelings. So, but here's the thing. I'm worried you... about it let off an explosion on the moon and you don't account for the fact that like we don't know what the differential in gravity is going to do we don't know <laughs> how it's going to actually react what if you split the moon in half mm -hmm. oh no it's statistically unlikely and there's no more tides <laughs> what if you hit the moon and there's little to no gravity so moon go over too much and cause giant tidal waves. Guys, do you want to know a crazy... What? Yeah. I want to hear it. It's essentially pulling a bubble of the ocean. So it's not like the tides are going in and out. It's that this bubble is moving. Uh-huh. It's like the wildest thing. It's bonkers. So it's bonkies. But you know that there are earth tides? Really? Like, yeah. So you can hear people put, like, scientists put a sonic camera, like, down into a cave a few miles deep, and you can hear the earth being pulled by the moon, 
and it moves the earth in some areas like 12 feet up. That's wild. That's... And I I asked not to experience this, but that's existentially dreadful. Oh, damn, we well, got there anyway. The moon is a powerful bitch, so... The moon is a powerful... The moon is a powerful uh, thing, woman. and we decided Which to try to fuck with it in the 50s. Which is why we launched nukes at it. So, that's true. We know its power. <laughs> Either way, the project move forward, moves forward as the team starts to say, how the hell are we going to do this? Because not only does the Air Force want to try to launch a nuke at the moon... They want to launch a nuke big enough that it is visible from Earth when it explodes. Because the point of this project in the eyes of the Air Force is to make the American citizen feel real good about our place in the space race and also make the Russians scared to go to the moon. So, originally, the yeah, lab coat lads suggest an H-bomb, um, but the Air Force shuts that shit down real quick because the Air Force thinks that it's going to be too heavy. Not because it's a bad idea, but they're just afraid of the weight differential. <laughs> okay, so what happens if we make this some bitch too top-heavy and it just flips and flops until it lands on Earth? Pretty much! Like, the Air Force is like, guys, too heavy. H-bomb, that's a... F- Big fucking boy. No way. Something smaller, but also still go big boom. And they finally decide on a W-25 warhead with a 1.7 kiloton yield. Yeah, of course, as you often do. Now, for... That's my favorite nuke. Yeah, right? Uh, (laughs) If we have to pick favorites. If we have to pick a favorite. If we have to pick favorites. A W-25 warhead is at least in the top ten. I just want you guys yeah, to know Yeah, I hope that it has a plutonium trigger, too. Because mm. I'm the podcast dad, my favorite will always... Well, uh, for my reference point, talking about a 1.7 ton kiloton yield, the little boy, which was dropped on Hiroshima, was between 13 and 18 kilotons. Nice. So it's a very small bite of the nuclear bomb pie that we're going to give to the moon. Yeah. But it's still a nuclear bomb sent at the moon. Just a little nibble. Now, to just leave the moon alone. Since the payload was a lot less than the Air Force originally wanted, because again, they wanted to see explosion from Earth, which I don't know if you know, but the moon and the Earth ain't exactly close. No, as a matter of fact, you can fit all of the planets in our solar system between the space of the moon and the Earth. Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing. (laughs) It's close enough to shoot a nuke at. (laughs) And then watch it from the ground. You are absolutely correct. Why couldn't we just, like, nuke something closer to home? Why not? (laughs) Idaho. So, after they realized... Uh, once they realized that they couldn't send as big of a device up there, the plan was to launch the rocket carrying the payload to the dark side of the moon where it would detonate, releasing a giant dust cloud and having a big haze that would be backlit by the sun so that it could be seen from Earth. Bitches were going to wind up putting artificial rings on the moon and I don't know how I feel about that. That honestly yeah, would have been dope as shit. 
Also, like, are they gonna blind themselves? Like, looking at this nuclear explosion while also a solar eclipse? So, there wasn't, there, this one was not planned for during a solar eclipse. It basically would have been like, since it's on the dark side of the moon, the sun's hitting it and it would hit the way it was coming out and it would like be like basically like a halo around the moon. I can oh see God. your halo, but tell, okay, but look, but hey, but look. Yep. yep. Tell yeah. me that that doesn't sound sick as shit. It does. If, it you, does. Were, if you were to look up and see. The moon got rings now. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. The moon cool. got rings now. But I love that you talked about the eclipse there, Megan, because we're going to get to that right now. We shouldn't. I just, I, I wish they would stop this plan. Well, you might wish that the Americans would stop. Uh, yeah, because I do. Because the best part of this whole insanity is that the Air Force gets word, and the American government gets word, and the ARF team gets word that Russia is planning the same fucking stunt. Oh, oh God, no. U.S. spies get word that the USSR is planning on launching a nuke at the moon to go off during the November 7th lunar eclipse as a commemoration for the October Revolution. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore, guys. I, I don't know what to say here wh- other than why do we want to nuke I, the moon? I, like, leave the moon alone. Like, if you really... What this sounds like to alone. me is that they, like, really just want to use the nukes. Yeah. And I get it. Like, I totally get it. But here's what you could do as an alternative, right? Yeah. Instead of actually hitting the moon, why don't you launch your nuke into space? And then America launches a nuke into space. And then they hit each other. And then they kiss. And then they explode. And then we learn And then nothing. they kiss. And then you the nuclear And then they kiss. Nothing. And then the nuke. And... <laughs> no, wait, no. So they, they kiss beyond the stratosphere. And then we all get blinded because we're like, wow, we look directly at the nukes exploding. And then we get it out of our system. Because clearly the problem is, right, like, America got it out of our system because we dropped them on Japan. Mm-hmm. And This was after Russia we dropped never them on Japan, the... though. We didn't get it out of our system. But we did. We did get it out of our system because I feel like Russia was more about dropping it on, well, not dropping it on the moon because the moon's above us. But they were more about launching it at the moon. They were, like, really gung-ho about this. And it's because they never got it out of their system. Like, dropping nukes on yourself in the middle of nowhere is not the same as the visceral feeling of dropping it on a city. Yeah, I so guess. So they wanted to drop it on the moon. I don't know. I don't know. They just want to, they just want to launch it off of their sovereign soil. I guess. I've never, I've give never them hit that the big red button. I don't know what that's like. No, and like Russia just wants to feel it. Like, let maybe maybe they'd be less mad. Maybe they wouldn't be in Ukraine if we just like let them launch it. Maybe let them cook. <laughs> maybe let them cook though. Let them cook, Jesse. We gotta cook. So, I think that we have let new let Russia launch the nuke day. Okay. And we we put a target like a big Taco Bell target oh my God. in the sky. 
for them. Oh no. And we say Russia launched the nuke and they with a little bit of tears in his eyes, like a little bit of glistening, Putin touches the button. And then every single angry Russian man will no longer be rush will no longer be angry. Okay, I think that your plan for world peace has some shaky bits, but I'm willing to hear you out. <laughs> I, no, you don't have to hear me out because I've said everything that I'm gonna say. Okay, uh, she's done now. Either way, yeah, I've solved it. As far as the Russia and United States goes, uh, neither the United States nor the USSR ever launch a nuke at the moon. And to this day, oh, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit ahead of my notes, but they don't launch the nukes. Um, January of 1959, the Air Force shuts down the project. The main reason being that if they missed the moon somehow, the bomb would come back down to Earth and they would not know how to track that. That's not. Yeah. Would that... That wouldn't happen. Yeah, it would slingshot like the fucking Apollo mission and come oh, back to I Earth. Oh, I see, okay. Because yeah, they're trying right. to hit the dark side of the moon, so if they miss, it would slingshot back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they also worried about the new issue of nuclear fallout affecting further projects on the moon. Well, they shouldn't have. Yeah, well, you don't get Neil Armstrong on the fucking moon if you nuke that bitch. Here's the question. Did yeah. we send Neil Armstrong to the moon? Or did we send him back? Have you seen that video? No. <laughs> because his name is back. Neil Armstrong. Yeah. And it's like Neil A. And if you reverse that, it's alien. Uh, so okay. it's like, it's like, did we send him to the moon or did we send him back to the moon? Ah, uh, I see. I see. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Sorry. <laughs> But yes, neither the United States nor the USSR ever launch a nuke at the moon. And to this day, both the United States and Russia deny that the United States denying that the A-119 project or that the E-4, the project, ever happened in Russia. The E projects were all of Russia's, like, here, we're going to send us uh, E project entitled to reach the moon, projects... E2 and E3 involved sending probes, and E4 was to launch a nuke. That was the Russians' idea. Um, but both governments deny that this ever existed. The only reason we know about them is that the head of the project, Leonard Riffle, publicly opened up about the project after a book about Carl Sagan was released in... 1999. <laughs> 40 years after the project... And to make this even more sketchy, after a Freedom of Information Act was requested for the documentation on A-119, the only part that was made public was Volume 1. And that was because research on and all other research and all other documentation on the project was burned in the 80s. So once again, thank you, Reagan, for fucking things up. Man. It always comes back to him. Always comes back to that motherfucker. But yeah. It, it truly does. It always does. That's the story of how we thought about nuking the moon, but then for once decided better than ourselves. We thought about it, and then we decided no. We thought about it for more and than then a Russia minute and said, that's a bad idea. I like how Russia also thought about it, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, in all fairness, this is the Cold War. This is the space race. This is us having a dick-measuring contest trying to be superpowers. 
eventually, if we couldn't nuke each other, we had to nuke something else. <laughs> That's true. The moon. The moon. The, we, it's like Rue. We take it out on the moon always. It's like Gru in in fucking Despicable Me. He's just like, what are we doing? The moon. The moon. First we nuke the moon. We nuke the moon, except he wanted to just steal the moon. Yeah. But that's it. That's my story. Which I guess is the same thing as nuking the moon. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I've never stolen or nuked the moon, so. I'm still on the let Russia touch the button train. You can continue to be there. I just think that's why they're mad, dude. <laughs> I just hey, like they've the never gotten to Yeah, like they they've never gotten to touch the butt. So like, you know, they've been blueballed for like <laughs> over half a century. I And guess. like that's aggravating. Yeah, so like I don't know. I'm maybe I'll maybe I'll email Vladimir. Okay, you do that. Putin I'll send, himself? I'll send, yeah, I'll send Vladimir a... A missive. Text. A missive. A missive. And I'll be like, hey, I don't speak Russian, but I assume that you have translators. Um, <laughs> are you mad because you've never gotten to touch the butt? And I'll say, like, in parentheses, baton. And for the nukes, and what if we had a Taco Bell, like target in the sky for you and like nukes have gotten better i think it's just time to make the ultimate firework would that make you feel better would you leave ukraine (laughs) and he'd be like oh yeah of course that's what i've always needed that's what i've always wanted you're so smart and then i would get the fucking nobel peace prize And on that note... Your silence your silence means that I'm correct, so... My silence means that I'm baffled at your audacity, Megan. <laughs> Why? I, I'm... I, you gotta think outside the box if you wanna... If you wanna get the Nobel Peace Prize, alright? Also, Alfred Nobel, as we have covered, big fan of explosives. Fan of explosives. So it's what You're he would've right. wanted. Yeah, It's damn. what he would've wanted. I'm just bringing everything full circle. I'm tying up loose ends. I'm, I'm here. Speaking of tying up loose ends. Oh, like, hey, folks, we're getting to the end of our podcast shenanigans because I don't know if I can hear any more about Russia having access to nuclear weapons and feel safe inside. They already have access. It's already there. But we appreciate you folks listening in. And if you like listening in, you should, you know, help us out. And by help us out, I mean, go give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, You can also follow our socials. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions. You can also follow us on Facebook if you just look us up on Facebook. And you can also go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash triumvirate productions. And from there, you can find all of the extra goodies that we have for our Patreon members, such as bonus episodes of our After Dark series and also unedited episodes that come out a day before everyone else gets them. Uh, If you don't have any money to give us, we understand. Hey, inflation's a bitch. If you can't give us monetary gain, well, then you can also just tell a friend about us. We don't advertise our show in any way other than you people at telling someone else about it. 
or giving us those ratings and reviews. So if you just, you know, sit there and indoctrinate as many of your friends as possible into this podcast, we'd really fucking appreciate it. <laughs> we would. He means it. It's true. I do, yeah. He's not just saying, guys, I need you to know that he's not just saying it. He means it for reals. For realsies. Um, for realsies. For realsies. Uh, are you done? Is your bit? I'm is, done. Is that, that, that the thing? I'm, I'm wrapped up. I'm like you Ferris Bueller at the end of saying, what are you still doing here? Go home. It's, it's over. over. Go home. Um, okay, well then in that case, I will end this podcast in the same way that I end every podcast, and that is by asking our listeners an important question. And that question is, what the fuck, history? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.